Hello, food enthusiasts. Welcome to this episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Linemiller, your host. And as you know, we interview and we are sourcing from all over the world experts and thought leaders in innovation, trends, all things going on in the food space. I'm excited to have with us today Annette Larson. She's a female founder of a company called North International. It is a business consultancy. She brings a broad range of experience. She's going to tell us all about the different avenues that she consults in. Welcome to the podcast, Annette. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Explain to us a little bit about North International and what you do. So North International, I founded uh, two and a half years ago, um, and that's a business consultancy uh, within business or strategic uh, brand marketing and sales management expansion, so international expansion. So also what you said in the beginning, I have a broad international experience, and that's also what I bring in uh, to the clients. Um, Yeah, so it, I mean, you have worked with large companies, medium-sized companies, and, and what kind of countries internationally have you worked with? So I have worked a lot with countries in Europe. In Europe, uh, Myself, I'm from Sweden, originally from Sweden. So a lot of uh, European countries have also worked for Asian markets and also here in the United States now. Well, that's very exciting to have such a broad base of experience. And, and now you've been in the United States for how long? I came here in 2018. So okay, great. And you... I'm sorry. The four years already. (laughs) Four years already. I know time flies when you're busy, busy, busy doing all the business. Why did you even start North Consultancy? I mean, your North International Consultancy. What was the impetus to start your company? Yeah, but as you as you mentioned here earlier, I have worked for both bigger companies, uh, mid-sized companies, and I have a broad experience. And I thought, uh, why not supporting other brands in more project-based, maybe project-based uh, opportunities? So I saw this uh, as as myself having the experience and really like getting the chance to use that in different ways. And being here in the US, knowing that a lot of brands out there wants, wants to come to the to, to the American market. So that was my chance to really help and support and at the same time use what I'm good at. Yeah. Well, it's nice that uh, what you're good at also is um, you you bring an interesting perspective to the food space because you have had project experience, but what is your professional background? So actually, if we take it all the way back to university, so I studied um, mechanical engineering with a major in business management, and that was uh, at the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. I was also in Switzerland, Ecole Polytechnique Federal de Lausanne, so in Lausanne, Switzerland, for a year. After my university studies, I started to work for Mondelez International, so the big food company, where I had the opportunity to, to, actually, uh, to, to take a lot of different positions in different countries. And it was after that, I found my love, <laughs> I should say. Don't blame him, but it gave me the opportunity to, to also move to, to Germany, another country in Europe. So uh, there I worked for uh, Unilever, not a big company, and actually started to think about how how would it be to work for maybe a little bit smaller food company and see how that is. And I found Ritter Sport, which is a chocolate uh, company in Germany. Um, the squared chocolate. So there I worked for a couple of years, got opportunity to work both for uh, the Russian market, China, uh, a lot of international experience there as well. 
uh, which was wonderful and gave me a lot of new experience as well. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we moved to the United States. That's more the broader uh, experience from without any details. But um, yeah. Well, of- yeah, it's just a unique uh, skill set that you're bringing to your to what you do now and being able to consult with companies because your mechanical engineering background and business studies. And then you actually worked for really large companies and, and also the smaller chocolate company, but got that different countries dealing with because that has to be so interesting. What did you learn there as far as how business, uh, the food business, do you have to change how you present your product? Like what, what learnings did you take from some of the international work that you were able to do? I think in one way, it's wonderful to see that we all are just human, wherever you're from, we're just human beings. And I love to work with CPG products, I mean, consumer goods, because it's something that you can see results from so fast from the consumers. You launch a product and you know quite fast if this is something they like or not. It's not many months. And I love that. Also with the consumers, bring, looking at different markets and different countries, of course, I mean, first of all, I think coming back to that, we're all humans. I think it's so much we have in common and we love to have, I have worked a lot with the snacking product. So we love to have something to just indulge and just, you know, enjoy uh, in between some meals. And that's common almost everywhere in different ways. And that's where we're coming to next, different ways, because then it's also culture things. And that is so interesting to learn and see how different countries and people look at brands and products and the way of eating it. And even if it's maybe the same product, it needs to be presented totally different on on different markets. So from China to my country, Sweden, huge difference. But the product itself might not be that different. So it's fun. I mean, we have different flavored or varieties, but I think it's it's so that's that's what I love with my, my job to just like understand the consumer based on where they live and where they grow up and what kind of habits did you have? Yeah, an interesting perspective that you have about on that consumer packaged goods and and the products that you um, are speaking about, the immediate feedback that you get. I mean, it's not a long years, many years down the road. You can look at your numbers and tell what's happening if people are liking it or not and and how you've presented it. Um, and is that is that numbers game? Do you look at analytics a lot with what you do for your consulting with companies to try to figure out if things are working or not? Yeah, I mean, my consultancy is called business consultancy. So in one way, yes, the numbers are important. And I'm also an engineer, so I love numbers. But, you know, it's it's in the end, it's the consumer and they need to love the product. So like the emotional and then it's 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 a number part as well. So going back to the numbers, I, I of course, it's number driven. It's, it's from everything to having an affordable product for the consumer to having a, a successful company being able to produce what you are aiming for. So absolutely. I think it's to a point when it's only the numbers because then you forgot about the consumer, how you actually do it and yeah, what kind of risk you take on the way. So it's definitely a balance between, but if you ask me personally, I love the numbers. So it's always in the back of my head when I also go into projects, like what can we save here or what can we actually improve here? How can we do it better? But it's coming from from numbers, but down to, in the end, it's 
it's it's the nature and it's the people involved who also need to have a, a fair uh, process into this product. Well, interesting. So you come into a project maybe, and then you're evaluating the whole process that's happening and, and trying to figure out, I guess, what, what goals you're going to set for this project, depending on what you've been hired to do. Uh, help us understand, you know, how you might work with a company or, or what, uh, what kind of project you might do. So nowadays, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very much involved in, in, in one client here, and I can talk a little bit more about that. Actually, one of the companies I worked for before, so Ritter Sport, a chocolate company, and I'm very proud of their way of working. I take a little bit of time just to, 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 to talk about them, and then I can give some examples of projects there as well. So yeah. why I'm so proud of Ritter Sport, a chocolate, is that they are doing, it's a family-driven company, so it comes from the heart of the family. The decisions are made by them. And when it comes to sustainability, which we all know today is something all brands are talking about. How can we put sustainability on the packaging? How can we? But, but this company has worked on sustainability for, for over 30 years. Back in the days when no one talked or no one, but less people talked about sustainability. So uh, and already since 2002, they have used green power for everything they're doing within the company. Wonderful. So it's not a trend. It's something that's just naturally there. What they also do is, I mean, the cacao is the most important part of a chocolate bar. So it's the main ingredients. So that's also where it can be, make the biggest difference. And have a sustainable product. They make sure everything is sustainable sourced uh, that goes into this product. And to make sure you have that, you can have different uh, cooperatives that you work close with to actually make sure the whole process is as you want it to be from the people working there, how they work. We talked before a bit about women in power. I mean, how can they as a company help actually those farmers to get the women involved and everything. And that you can do when you have cooperatives as well. And then also having their own cacao farm in Nicaragua. And I have an example there that the area, so the 2,500 hectare, the area, this the size of the area, they use half of to actually have the cacao farm in a very balanced way with yeah having it like agro an agroforest uh, system of it so it's uh, both using the cacao trees and also using trees that gives like sh- shade so that the, the, the animals and everything in the nature can actually have a wonderful nature there without knowing okay this is just farm for the trees and everything else is out because that doesn't give the harmony for the product to order the, the cacao to to grow there the other half of the area is then left over for the nature to just be as it is as well which is wonderful they could you know put maybe more trees in there but they see no, this is not what the nature, what's best for the nature. And the, their their purpose is to create really good chocolate uh, or do the right thing to create really good chocolate. So I think that's just showing from when, when that is in the core of the company, you taste that in the product. It's nothing you come up with. It's just like in the core of the company and you see that to the end bar you put in your mouth. So that's a wonderful British board. Anyhow, I help them now to expand here on the US market. So I'm involved with the team here in the United States. But that means, I mean, they have been present on the US market, but it has been not that, I mean, their potential to talk more about the brand. I don't know how much you know about the chocolate brand from Germany, but when you talk to people, they might say, hmm, I tried it once or I know it's square, but then it stopped. They don't know how much they are 
that is a family company that is colorful with, you know, they are really into sustainability and you can almost be proud when you eat, eat to bar. So that's what I'm helping them now to establish here on the U.S. market. Yeah, well, I, I hear several things in what you just said, Annette sustainability is really, really a hot topic these days. And it sounds like the chocolate company has really always had that a part of their mission and what's important to them. And I'm just, it's really gratifying to hear that from you, that, you know, companies out there are making these decisions on their own on how to best use their land, what's best for the environment that they're in and to support the natural ecosystem of where they're, you know, also having their trees that are supplying the resources sources for their product. So fast forward to the second thing you talked about here, trying to promote them in the United States, which is part of what you do with your work and, and your background and obviously your experience with them. But telling their story is really what you were talking about on the back end. And I think that consumers are more and more interested in the company's story these days than they than they have been before. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. So what we see from different insights or market research is that the consumer, you know, before it was more like product surface they saw the product and they were like mm, do i like this or not now they are starting to think like what's behind that surface the brand so who is this brand and what do they stand for and do is that in line with what i stand for my values in life and i think that's amazing because i think that's where we have to be to actually change the industry in the right direction because in the last 10 20 years i think it, the industry has more been like what what the the big players can do and maybe to just sell and you know back to numbers but more more just number driven now i think it's with this i mean the the, the possibility to actually see into what the brand stands for i mean we can just research now what is it are you transparent with your information if you're not mm, i consider maybe not to buy you you need today to actually let the consumer know where your cacao is coming from almost and they can then decide i want this product or i don't want it and i think we definitely are going in that direction and i think those players that those brands are going to be the winner in the future. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and I also think as far as are you being transparent with your information, that has also changed because of how everything is now online and e-commerce is a big deal. And people do research about companies before they go buy something or, or if they're going to buy it online. Uh, yeah. So you probably play a big part in that as well, making sure that they're representing themselves, the companies that you're working with, that they're representing themselves accurately. Yeah. And that is a huge change for, for companies being around for, for many years because it's so big change today. I think it's both like how transparent and what kind of information, how open you are as a brand. It's like a person, you know, you cannot be close because then you're not so interesting. You have to open up. You have to let the consumer know where you stand for and how it how it works because otherwise they might think you're hiding something. So better to be open. And that's definitely what we see uh, the brands are, are going in that direction. Yeah, and I think that's a trend already, but do you think that the pandemic has changed how fast or slow that might be happening? Uh, yes, absolutely. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, in what way? Yeah. Yeah, in what way? Yeah, so what we see, I mean, just if I take the food industry and grocery shopping, I think that's something we all can can relate to because we all need to, to buy food. So grocery shopping has doubled. I mean, if you look 
pre-pandemic and, 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 and after. And I think that tells something. And 70% of the American household have now at least once uh, in the last year ordered from online, which is huge different from before the pandemic. So yes, we are definitely much more yeah just open to also buy online before it was maybe like mm, i'm not sure i'd rather go to the store so i can touch it and and and, and pick myself but we see the positive side online and we trust it so i think that's also something and uh, that has changed and that's for the brands i mean we need to be where the consumers are and uh, that's very important and back to again research the consumer wants to see and uh, know more today it's not they don't have to they don't have to spend more than five seconds to find a brand almost. And then they know the, 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 the main facts about it and then they can make the decision. And I think that's also, again, if you want to be that future player, the future brand, you need to be there, you need to be present and you need to tell your story in a, in a very uh, open uh, way. Yeah. And I think um, I think a lot more companies are realizing that. And if yeah. some are behind and, and some are some are doing things in the sustainability area, but they're not necessarily doing a very good job representing that to their consumers. And, and so if you don't tell them what you're doing, I don't know how they're going to know. <laughs> um, but another area that really sustainability uh, on the front end, of course, if you're a grower, like your chocolate company is in, in charge of that, or, you know, or if you're contracting with other farmers to get your resources, you know, you want, there's more and more attention being paid there with the sustainability and taking care of the soil and the earth and uh, using all of the plant that we can and all that. But then on the back end, on the delivery part, I think, I think it's lagging a little bit as far as how do we deliver our product? What are we putting it in? You know, uh, that packaging we discussed a little bit before. What's your insight there as far as what companies are doing or can do? I think a lot of companies today, they have this carbon neutral goal. Uh, and that then includes the logistic, the, the, the packaging and everything. Uh, I think it's a little bit more difficult within our industry, maybe because it's a food product. So we also have a kind of a risk. I mean, the packaging need to secure the quality of the product, depending on uh, what you compare with. But I think it's something that is a little bit concerning for some brands, like how can we keep the good quality and still maybe adjust and change for being renewable? Of course, you want a new renewable recycling and also reduce the waste because we don't need that much packaging. We don't want that much packaging. We need to start to change from, from everything and reduce. And then, of course, recycling. And then how can we also renewable or re renew the, 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 the material we already have used before? I think that's the three steps that all brands need to look into. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, Annette. And I, I'm sure that you are faced with that with the companies that you work with they're trying to be better and that's what i'm hearing anyway is that what you're seeing out there from the companies yes um absolutely it's i think if it's not i have my example with with, with Rita sport again they are already new uh, climate neutral uh, the whole company uh, but they can do more i mean that's not saying like check mark then we're done there is more to do and i think that's for all companies there is a lot to do i know a lot of companies has okay goals for 2025 with those uh, parameters uh, included and I think I just hope we, we're going to see it as soon as possible because also the bigger players the bigger brands and the bigger companies they have 
they can make it the biggest difference, of course. Well, I look forward to seeing all the information and, and hearing the story about the chocolate company as they expand in the States and you help get that message out and that story out because brands like that can serve as examples for mm-hmm. other companies that are trying to figure out how to make this work and how to do better. Like you said, here's where we are, but we can do better. No matter where you are on the continuum, you can always think about what's the next innovation? What's the next thing that we can do better? Thank you for this wealth of information that you brought to our future Foodcast listeners today, Net. But is there anything else that you'd like to share with them before we go? I mean, being a, a very passionate about food, I think I'd like to end with this just at you know, I think everyone wants a little snack here and there. And I think as long as it's balanced, uh, the eating habit is balanced, there is nothing negative with it. I think it just brings joy and wonderful time with your friends and family. So that's my my end message. Uh, go out there, enjoy it. It's just, I just want to bring, you know, a smile to everyone's face. And I think food together with the, with the right company is, that's life. Yes. Thank you for bringing us that perspective. Food is so social for us and it does bring us joy when we share it with those we love. Thanks for being with us today, Annette. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 